Chapter 7 Where have you been? My dad asked me when I finally got back home later that evening. He was in the kitchen, searching the refrigerator. It kind of took me by surprise. My parents don't usually ask me a lot of questions. Mostly, they trust me. And it used to be that they could trust me. I don't think I'd lied to my parents before becoming an anamorph. Now it's like I'm lying all the time. It's a rotten feeling. Oh, um, I was just out walking, I said. Why, did you need me for something? Oh, yes, my dad said. He was sounding way too solemn, so I knew he wasn't actually serious. That's the way he is. I guess he has a dry sense of humor. That's what Jake says, anyway. He thinks my dad is the funniest man on the planet. What is it? Just got a call from the highway patrol. They said this, this certain animal is out by the side of the highway, where it cuts through the forest. They say this certain animal seems to have a bad burn. I didn't like the way he kept saying certain animal. We have to drive out and get it, my dad said. Then he grinned. Actually, I'll drive. You have to get it. I groaned. There was only one animal in the world my dad was afraid of. He handled foxes and wolves and even bears, but he would not handle this certain animal. Are you telling me it's a skunk? I asked. He nodded. You have such a way with skunks, he said. They like you. Besides, I have to go meet with the board of the Dudette Cat Food Corporation tomorrow. I can't show him up smelling like skunk. My mom appeared, climbing up from the basement. She was carrying a six-pack of V8 juice. This was all I could find in the pantry, she said. You see, tomato juice is one of the few things that helps get rid of skunk smell. Mom, shouldn't you be the one to help Dad with this? I... I have very important homework to do. Yeah, right, my mom said. This is pathetic. You guys are both highly trained veterinarians, I pointed out. How can you be scared of skunks? I didn't used to be my father said darkly, back before, before the incident. Just because one skunk sprayed you, in the face, he said. Just because you had one bad experience. He sprayed me six times in about three seconds, he said. I smelled for a week. Your mother made me sleep in the barn. Except the other animals there all became agitated, so I had to go set up a tent in the yard. Then we had to burn the tent, my mother added. She giggled. You do have a way with skunks, my father said. Actually, you have a way with all animals. Come on, you know skunks love you. A burned skunk by the side of a highway loves no one, I said. Ten minutes later, we were on the highway. We were driving in our new pickup truck. My father's old, beloved pickup truck had been stolen and totally destroyed. At least that's what my dad believed. Actually, we'd sort of had to borrow it in this terrible battle. Marco had been driving, and Marco cannot drive. The truck had ended up a total wreck in a ditch. On the way, we listened to the CD player. That was the only thing my dad liked about the new truck. 
He was playing some old jazz or something. We reached the spot the highway patrol had told my dad about. We pulled over and put on the hazard lights. Careful. People drive like maniacs through here, he warned as we climbed out. Cars were blowing past at 70 miles an hour with their high beams on. The black forest pressed in around the road on both sides. I shone a flashlight around the edge of the trees. Normally, the forest doesn't bother me, but I knew that we were actually within a quarter mile of the Yerk logging camp. It was beyond strange to be practically going back to the place where, just an hour before, I'd nearly been killed. It took us at least 20 minutes, walking up and down the grassy shoulder of the road, before my flashlight beam landed on a shock of black and white. Dad, here! He came trotting over and added his light to mine. Yup, he commented. I'll get the cage. Don't forget your gloves. You know skunks are a major vector for rabies. Dad, I have had the shot. No vaccine is 100%, he said. I walked toward the skunk. It saw me and turned tiny, glittering black eyes on me. Don't be afraid, I said, pitching my voice high. It's okay. We're here to help you. It's going to be just fine. Here's the thing about skunks. They are the sweetest animal alive. They don't possess a mean bone in their bodies. But that's because they don't have to be mean. They possess the ultimate weapon. Even so, they will always warn you. If they turn their backs on you, that's a warning. If they raise their tails with the tips down, that's a very serious warning. If they raise the tips of their tails, you are in a very bad situation. If you're dealing with a skunk who has turned buttward and raised its tail all the way, you'd want to freeze. Trust me. Every wild animal knows this. Dogs, unfortunately, don't understand about skunks. But bears, raccoons, wolves, and most birds of prey know that you just don't mess with that skunk tail. Maybe you think you know how bad skunk musk is because you've driven by skunk roadkill. That's nothing. Up close and personal, it's a whole different level of stench. If you imagine the most horrible smell possible, then multiply it by a thousand, you still wouldn't be close. It's okay, sweetie. I cooed. Don't spray me. I'm your friend, so please don't spray me. I moved closer and crouched lower, making myself small. I wanted to look non-threatening. I moved very slowly, a step at a time, always cooing and baby-talking like I was going to grab a little kid armed with a shotgun. The skunk moved. I froze. The skunk settled back down. I breathed again. Please don't spray me, I said. I reached into my pocket and took out a bit of mouse meat. We keep frozen mice for the raptors we handle. Skunks also enjoy a nice mouse or grasshopper as part of their diets. Here you go, dinner. I held the meat out for the skunk. The skunk didn't seem to be hungry, but it did accept the fact that I must be okay if I was offering dinner. I crouched beside the skunk and set my flashlight on the ground. Carefully, with my gloved hand, I reached out to touch the animal. It was shaking, shivering, and, at that very moment, I could see why. There was a burn right across the skunk's back. A perfectly semicircular burn, as if someone had simply sliced a scoop out of it. Dracon beam, I whispered. You were there, weren't you, poor baby? Aiming at me and Marco, the Yurks had hit the skunk instead. 
a completely innocent animal caught in the crossfire of the war between Yurks and humans. The Yurks would destroy all the forest and all its animals to get at us. Sorry, I whispered to the skunk. I lifted it slowly, carefully, up into my arms. Chapter 8 We met at the mall. It was a Saturday, so it was a normal place we might be. When you live in a world where you're surrounded by possible enemies, it's important not to do anything too unusual. You don't want to draw attention. Not even from your own family and school friends. You just never know who can be trusted and who can't. The Yurks believed we were Andalites. We wanted them to go on believing that. If they ever figured out we were humans, let alone kids, we were toast. So we left no clues. We tried not to act like we were a group. We didn't want some controller teacher or whatever thinking, Hey, you know what? Those same kids are always hanging out together, acting like they're planning something. We had to look and act and seem normal. Rachel still went to gymnastics classes and shopped. Jake and Marco still shot hoops in Jake's driveway or played video games. I took care of animals at the wildlife rehabilitation clinic. There was nothing we could do to make Tobias seem normal. He was way past being normal. But Tobias came from a terrible messed up background, shuttling from one indifferent aunt or uncle to another. He'd never really been part of a family or a structure, and sadly, no one seemed to notice when he simply disappeared. I spent an hour wandering along behind Rachel as she moved like a professional through the racks at the Limited and Banana Republic and The Gap and the various department stores. Rachel has some bizarre supernatural instinct for when and where sales will happen. She doesn't need the advertising. She just knows. We were cruising through a series of tables piled with sweaters at Express. Rachel was looking for a particular shade of green that probably didn't exist. What do you think we're going to do? I asked her. She looked up from fondling a sweater. What? Oh, I guess we'll probably go in. If we can find a way. That's what I was wondering. What way? How do we get inside that place? I mean, I know we're thinking insect morph, but if anyone is planning on doing ants again, I'll tell you right now, I'm not doing it. Rachel gave a little shudder. I'm sure no one wants to do ants again. We'd had some really bad experiences morphing, but morphing ants was the worst. We ended up being the wrong species and tribe of ants in the middle of enemy ant territory. You would not believe the nightmares that came out of that one. The tunnels pressing in all around, and then hundreds of vicious ant soldiers exploding all around us, attacking, attacking! No ants, I said. I looked at Rachel, trying to catch her eye. Right? Rachel shrugged. Then she glanced at her watch. It's time. Axe is coming with them, so let's not keep them waiting. Axe? Uh-oh. Jake, Marco, and a strikingly handsome boy were all sitting in the food court. They seemed to be arguing loudly about who had won some video game in the arcade. Hey, Rachel! Marco called out as we passed by. What are you guys doing here? I really didn't like this kind of acting. It seemed silly to me. But it had to look like an accident that we all ended up together in the same place at the same time. We're shopping, I muttered. You know how I love shopping. Why don't you guys hang out with us? Have some of our nachos, Jake said, smiling brightly. I looked at the paper plate of nachos. 
they were completely gone. There was nothing left but a paper plate with a slight orange stain from the cheese. There was a matching orange stain on the chin of the very handsome boy between Marco and Jake. Jake saw what I was looking at and rolled his eyes. At least he didn't eat the plate this time. Hello, Axe said to me. I am Jake's cousin, Philip. Jake's cousin, Scuzzin, Scuzzin. I am from out of town. I couldn't help but laugh. Axe had long ago created a human morph out of DNA he'd acquired from the four of us. He was a weird blending of each of us. He was male, but sort of pretty in a weird way. He looked like a human. He basically was a human. But he still had a lot of problems adjusting to the human morph. For one thing, since Andalites have no mouth, he found his human mouth utterly fascinating. He couldn't help but play with the sounds of words. And the boy was dangerous around food. Were the nachos good? I asked him. They tasted of grease and salt. Plus, there was another flavor that reminded me of some delicious engine oil I tried once. Oil. oil Engine oil? Jake asked. Axe. I mean, Philip. You know how I mentioned you can't eat cigarette butts or dryer lint? Add engine oil to that list. Axe nodded. Yes, there are many rules for eating. Marco pushed out a chair for me to sit in. Okay, if we're done with the little side trip into Bizarro Zone, let's deal with business. Tobias came by this morning, Jake said, keeping his voice low. He watched the place from high up. He thinks the controllers at the site have little transponders on their belts that let them pass through the force field. So we just have to grab a transponder, Rachel said. No, Axe said. The transponder would be keyed to the biochemical signature of the wearer. The Yurks are not as... Don't say that word, Jay kissed. I saw Marco's eyes dart quickly, looking to see if anyone was close enough to have overheard. Sorry. Re. Sorry. Axe said. Rachel's plan would not work. Jake sighed. Tobias also saw something else. Inside the force field, there are tiny holes in the wood foundation of the building. He thinks it's termites at work. Termites? I asked. Jake nodded. Yup. I swallowed. Jake, termites are awfully close to being ants. They aren't as vicious. Jake said. I looked up some information on the internet. Besides, if we make sure we morph a termite from that very colony, we'd fit right in. I was having trouble breathing. I noticed Marco's face turning gray. Even Axe looked grim. You're not serious, right? I asked Jake. I mean, termites? Termites? I probably sounded slightly hysterical. I know I felt slightly hysterical. I don't know how else to do it, Jake said. He was looking down at the table and biting his lip. Cassie, you were right when you said the real question is how these guys got permission to start logging. That's their weakness. We have to know how they pulled that off. To know that, we have to get inside that building. Through termite tunnels? Marco asked. Look, how do we even get a termite to acquire? They're all inside the force field, right? I wanted that to be the truth. But when I looked at Jake, he just shook his head a little. Tobias says they were working on the building a little today, putting in extra Jacon beams, 
They had to cut away some of the logs. Jake reached into the pocket of his jacket. He pulled out a small glass vial. The top had tiny holes in it to let air through. Inside the vial was a tiny tan and white bug. It was about the size of an ant. It had an enlarged brown head. Same colony, Jake said. From the same building. I stared at the termite. It tried to climb up the side of the glass, but it slipped back down. It was helpless. It was trapped in what must have seemed like a huge glass cell, held by a creature so gigantic that the termite could never even begin to imagine it. Jake took off the top of the vial. We don't do this unless everyone agrees, he said. But we can't let the... them start tearing through the forest. Rachel held out her hand. Jake tapped the vial till the insect landed in her palm. I saw it crawl across Rachel's lifeline, and I saw it become still as Rachel acquired the termite DNA. I imagined being that termite, crawling across the gigantic hand, thinking every crease in Rachel's palm was as deep as a ditch. When Rachel was done, I held out my own hand. It was shaking. It was shaking and I couldn't stop it from shaking. The brightly lit mall food court suddenly seemed dark. Lord, that tiny insect scared me. Deep down inside, it truly scared me. Chapter 9 We decided we would go that night. That very night. We were supposed to use the afternoon to deal with chores and family stuff and homework. Try it sometime. Try doing homework when you think you may be going to your doom in a few hours. Try concentrating on math when you're thinking you have to turn into a termite and sneak into a heavily defended building. Good luck. I went out to the barn. My dad was out there, making his rounds. He didn't need my help, but he didn't say no, either. Did you finish your homework? Mostly. I added another lie to the pile I'd already had to tell. I was going to take a closer look at your skunk from last night. She was very agitated, so I had to give her a mild sedative. It's a female? Yup. My father carried the cage into the little side room he uses to examine the patients. I eased the skunk from her cage and cradled her out to the examination table. She seemed very calm now, but it was an unnatural, drugged calm. The night before, my dad had bandaged the wound, and now he carefully removed the gauze. The sight of the burn made me wince, even though I've seen hundreds of injured animals. Hmm. Hmm. Pa. 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 Hmm. That's the sound my dad makes when he's examining something interesting. Pa. I don't know why. He just does. Weird. Very unusual. I cannot for the life of me guess what caused this burn. It's too neat. Too clean. The only good thing is, whatever caused it was so hot, it partially cauterized the tissue. Muscle damage, or is it just superficial? I asked. My dad glanced at me and smiled. It's mostly fur and skin that were burned, but I see some moderately severe damage in the shoulder here. Much deeper the spine would have been burned. But she'll live. I wish I could say as much for her kids. Her what? She has babies? Yeah. I'd say probably about six, seven weeks old. She has babies? Out there somewhere in the woods? My dad started applying a new bandage. Cassie, you know nature plays rough.
but they're too young to survive on their own, aren't they? I can't be sure, he said, not looking at me. It occurred to me then that sometimes maybe he lied to me too, for my own good, or because of what he thought was my own good. They're sitting in some den wondering where their mother is, I said. They'll starve to death, or be eaten by predators. Hand me the scissors, my father said. Yeah, okay. Um, look, I meant to ask you, is it okay if I spend the night at Rachel's tonight? Sure, honey. You know, if your mom says it's okay. Hey, you never asked how my meeting went with the cat food people this morning. We got some additional funding. We talked for a while as we made rounds together, but my heart wasn't in it. I was thinking about some baby skunk somewhere, mewing and crying for their mother. And I was thinking I wish my dad wasn't so quick to let me go to Rachel's. Because, of course, we weren't really having a sleepover. Rachel was going to tell her mom she was spending the night at my house. And Jake would tell his parents a lie, and Marco would tell his father a lie. And we'd all be going into a situation that none of us wanted to be in. I was going to face death that very night, and the last thing I would have said to my father was a lie. I remembered the tunnels of the ants. I remembered them the way I saw them in my nightmares. I never had seen them in reality. Ants don't see very well, and there's no light underground. But in my dreams, I saw everything. I saw the huge metallic-looking heads of the enemy ants as they crashed the sand walls and locked their massive pincers on me and tried to slice me into pieces. Do you know what it's like to think that you're going to die and never even get back to human form? To believe you're going to die as an ant, trapped in a hell that no human had ever been to? And now I also saw those little skunk kids, starving, crying out, and with each cry, signaling to some predator. Sweetheart, are you okay? I realized my dad was staring at me. I had been breathing hard, almost crying. There were beads of sweat on my forehead. Yeah, fine, fine, I said quietly. He finished his rounds and left. I stayed behind. I went back to the skunk in her cage. I opened the cage door and put my hand in. I was not wearing a glove. See, you can't acquire DNA if you're wearing gloves. Hello, Phantomorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. Wow. Lost it a little bit there, but uh, we're back. Thanks for putting up with me as I skipped a week for Thanksgiving. I'm still kind of out of it. Uh, my sleep schedule's been kind of real weird since I got back. I got to kind of reset that. So I'm a little tired right now, but we'll get through it. Um, and, you know, I got this episode up, so it's all good. So thanks for listening. I don't have any other announcements, so let's just breeze right through this. If you'd like to hear more, you can hear this at audiomorphs.podbean.com or by searching audiomorphs wherever. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. If you use iTunes and you'd like to leave me a rating or review, I'd really appreciate that. I love getting those. If you'd like to tell a friend about this, that'd be really cool too. I'd like to give a shout out to my secondary podcast, OK Crusader, still going strong over there. Just had our season finale, or nope, sorry, not yet. We're coming up. I recorded it. I recorded the season finale. It's not out yet. Um, but that is at shoutengine.com slash okcrusader or by searching okcrusader wherever you'd search for a podcast. 
uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. So see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>